Listen, I get it. There are about a hundred different Bible study apps and guides out there, but I want to tell you about one that you may not have heard of yet, Yarrow. Yarrow offers beautifully designed inductive Bible studies and a digital app that guides you through scripture so that you can know what it says and understand what it means for your actual life. No matter where you're coming from or what season of life you're in, Yarrow is the Bible study guide that will help you unearth the truth of scripture so that it can take root in your heart and propel you deeper in your relationship with God. Go check out their first study, Known, which is all about your identity in Christ at yarrow.org. They are offering 10% off with the code JOURNEYWOMEN10. So go to yarrow.org and use the code JOURNEYWOMEN10 for 10% off and download the Yarrow app to study for free today. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women podcast, I'm chatting with Dr. Alexandria Ford about body image. I'm pretty sure I've said this every week during our series on living in light of redemption, but let me just say, if you're struggling with body image, solidarity. (laughs) I have been there. In this episode, Alex helps us understand how the whole person matters to God, that he created us in his image, and that he has created every aspect of our being with a purpose. Listen to what she said. We want to, of course, respond by turning to Jesus. So that's, I mean, the answer in all of our struggles in life, especially in this area. And I think it's easy, as we've been talking about, for some women to dismiss these issues as being unimportant or to think that they don't matter to God, but they do. And he wants us to bring this and everything else to him. This conversation really helped me understand that recognizing the importance of human embodiment is necessary in order to fully understand who God has created us to be, especially when it comes to challenging topics such as body image. So you'll know our guest a little bit better. Alex is a member of the Village Church where her husband is on staff. She's a mom, a wellness coach, a consultant with her practice, Flourish and Thrive, and she serves as an online teaching assistant at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Alex graduated from Southern with her doctorate in education and from Dallas Theological Seminary with a master's in biblical counseling. Her background includes counseling, education, personal training, and ministry. Alex, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. It's such a joy to have you on the show today. Thank you, Hunter. It's great to be here. I am so excited about this topic because it's something that I have struggled with. So it's no surprise to the listeners. They've heard the intro at this point. We're talking about body image. I think so many women can relate to not seeing themselves rightly. And so we wanted to have somebody on who can handle this conversation and tether it back to scripture and look at it through a gospel lens. And so I'm just personally really excited because I shared with you before we even started recording that this is some work that I need to do in my own life. I kind of am selfishly coming to this conversation. Is that okay? (laughs) Of course. I mean, I think we all could benefit from this conversation as women. Yeah. Well, before we get started, can you explain to the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do specifically? Because I think that'll really help them see why we chose to have you come on. Sure. So my name is Alex Ford, and I've been married to my husband, Coleman, for 11 years. We have a three-year-old daughter and are expecting a little boy at the beginning of December. Ah, congratulations. Thank you. 
So I serve um, currently as a wellness coach and consultant through my practice, Flourish and Thrive Wellness. And I also serve as an online teaching assistant for Southern Seminary. I earned my doctorate actually in education from Southern and my master's in biblical counseling from Dallas Seminary. And my background includes counseling, education, and fitness. So I've always been interested in caring for others from a whole person perspective and helping believers understand the importance of the whole person, including their, including their bodies from a biblical and theological foundation. Boom. That is it, people. So let's just dive right in. Can you help us start to establish a biblical foundation for understanding the physical body? Sure. So I think starting with a biblical foundation for understanding the body is necessary when thinking through this topic of body image. Why is that? Well, because where else should we start, right? And we don't want to start (laughs) with with ourselves. And so if we're struggling within this area, starting with ourselves is not going to be the... um, We will end with ourselves, and that is not a happy place to end when you talk about body image, especially. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we want to start first with who God says that we are, rather than starting with who we think we um, should be, um, especially when comparing ourselves to, um, if we struggle with comparing ourselves to the world. So this could be, of course, a much longer conversation in and of itself, but ultimately we have to start with the fact that we've been created in the image of God. So we know from Genesis 1.27 that we've been created in God's image, and the fact is that this includes the totality of who we are. So we've been created in the image of God as embodied beings, which just means that we exist within a physical body. So we're designed to be God's image bearers and representatives in the world. And this is made possible, of course, because we physically exist. So so to be human means to be embodied. But of course, we know that we're not just a body, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But we've been created, of course, with a soul as well. So we have a material component, which is, of course, our bodies, and an immaterial component, which is our soul. And so through scripture, we see that God never separates or compartmentalizes the body from the soul. Um, As I think Christine and Hope talked about in the previous episode, I was so excited to hear anxiety and depression. Yes. Yes. And so he's created us as whole people for his glory. And this is evident throughout scripture. He never, he never separates or compartmentalizes. So the Bible demonstrates how God uses the whole person, including the physical body, as a means to glorify himself. Hmm. So we see this from the creation of man and woman to the incarnation of Christ and Jesus's earthly ministry to the resurrection of the body. And we could really go on and on uh, Mm -hmm. from there. So there's, we know, we see from scripture, there's inherent purpose in our physical bodies as we've been created to glorify God with all of our being. We've been created in the image of God, and this is our identity, and this should be what defines our body image. Mm, mm-hmm. That's a very brief introduction um, to a biblical foundation mm-hmm. for understanding the body. You know, I hear that, and then honestly, my brain like goes here, and this is just showing like my ignorance on the topic and how little I've thought about it. But I'm like, well, the body, you know, when it was created, man and woman in the garden, like it probably didn't have cellulite, like. <laughs> How did the fall impact uh, the physical body? I guess my question is, how is a person and their physical body understood in light of the gospel and the reality of creation, fall, redemption, consummation? Because sometimes I can hone in on one of those parts, but it's hard for me to understand the whole of it. 
Yes. I think seeing everything in life through the lens of the gospel brings, of course, such clarity and hope and is helpful, especially in this area and our understanding of the whole person, especially when it comes to um, the topic of the body. So let's talk about, yeah, just the, the overarching story of scripture and we can start with creation. So in creation, human beings have been, of course, like we just talked about, created in the image of God. And this involves all of who we are, including our souls and our bodies. The reality of being created with a physical body is often referred to as human embodiment. So you might hear me talk about being embodied or um, using the word embodiment. So just to clarify that there. Okay. The scripture also reveals that we've been created as engendered. So that's part of our um, embodiment, which of course means that we've been created as male or female. Mm-hmm. And then we're also in place, which means that we exist in space and time within our bodies, which is all again made possible because we are embodied. Hmm. That's so interesting. You don't think about all those little yes. elements of it, but yes, that's so all true. The impl- all the implications. Mm-hmm. And so we know too that in creation prior into the fall, Adam and Eve lived in perfect relationship with God and with each other, which I think you're referring to saying that they don't have the same types of struggles that we do. <laughs> and so Genesis 22:25 states that they were naked and were not ashamed. Which is like, you always read that verse and you're like, huh, what would that be like? (laughs) I know, I know. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around that, right? So not only did they relate rightly to God and to each other, but they also related rightly to themselves, which we don't Mm. often think about. Man, I want that for myself. This Mm -hmm. is good. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So in the garden, they rightly understood who God created them to be. Mm-hmm. They knew that their identity was found in him and they saw themselves through the lens of Eden without the influence of sin. Mm. What does that mean? Through the lens of Eden. That is so intriguing. Well, again, without the influence of sin, which is hard for us to imagine, right? On this side of the fall. Mm-hmm. But they, there were no struggles with body image or other related issues like we deal with today. So they didn't experience the same sorts of struggles that we do and how to understand themselves. Wow. So, I mean, I'm just automatically thinking like, what a wonderful thing not to have to waste time with that. Like my sister and I were texting this morning and I haven't asked for her permission. So I beg you for forgiveness sister. (laughs) But we were just sharing like the normal struggles. I feel like at least in my life, it's so often for me to receive a text from a girlfriend or for me to text somebody else and just be like, man, I just ate a whole pint of ice cream and I'm really struggling with like self-deprecation right now because I did that as like self-medicating. And and this is more in relation to food, but also trickling into like how I'm viewing my body all throughout the day and just thinking like, man, I really don't like what I'm seeing here, you know, and it just is very time consuming. So I can only imagine um, just how much they were freed up just to worship God without having to be encumbered by negativity in relation to their bodies. Absolutely. I mean, and I think you really touched on an important point. You know, these are thoughts that we have multiple times a day throughout the day. And so it's, 
really hard for us to imagine, gosh, what is it like to be completely freed from that? Mm -hmm. We may not experience that on this side of heaven, but Mm -hmm. um, we will experience that type of freedom one day, which I know Mm. we may get to talk a little bit more about here in a bit. So we know in the fall, of course, that Satan tempts Eve with a lie, which then causes her to question what God said. She eats the fruit. Of course, Adam eats the fruit. And then suddenly their eyes are opened. They're aware of their nakedness. Um, And through their actions, of course, sin enters the world and suddenly Adam and Eve become self-aware, but in a much different way than prior to the fall. So that self-awareness enters um, Mm. through through the fall. So a lot of things, of course, are happening here, including how their focus shifts from being fully on God to themselves. And the response, of course, is to hide. But then, of course, we know how the dialogue goes between Adam and Eve and God as he walks through the the impact of their sin. And of course, we see and experience the effects of this today regarding the topic of body image, right? Mm. The effects of sin greatly impact how we understand ourselves and who God's Mm -hmm. created us to be. And this shows up, of course, in a variety of ways, including how we struggle to have a right view of ourselves, including Mm -hmm. our bodies. I'm always trying to grab them fig leaves and just put them right where they need to go. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. (laughs) But there's, I I find such encouragement in the fact that even, you know, after the fact, even after Adam and Eve's sin, God doesn't leave them. Yeah. You know, that he provides a covering for them and this foreshadows what comes forth in Christ. Do you ever find yourself so busy that you can't find time to prioritize God's word? Dwell Bible app can help you out. With Dwell, I can listen to and meditate on the scriptures in the car, in the middle of the night, or while I'm making meals and tending to the needs of our household. Incorporating the Bible into everyday moments is so easy with Dwell. I am constantly using the playlists on walks or as I fall asleep to review the scripture that I have been memorizing. The soothing background music, the ability to select your preferred translation or narrator, the sleep timer, and the read-along feature with Dwell make it the most helpful Bible reading app on the market. Their newest release is called Dwell Daily, and it will help you immerse yourself in the Word, pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for 25% off. Yeah, what hope do we have in in Christ yes. for these struggles? Yes, so just thinking about redemption, um, we know that Jesus enters into the world to redeem it and to rescue his people through his incarnation, death, and resurrection. And so even in the incarnation, we see the importance of the physical body in Jesus himself, who Ooh, knows so true. God, man, right? Yeah. And so John 1.14 describes how Jesus came to earth in a physical body and dwelled among men. We also know that he returned in bodily form after the resurrection and appeared to many, including his disciples. Mm-hmm. And he even encouraged them to touch his body, to touch nice. his hands and his feet. And um, he says in Luke 24 that a spirit does not have flesh and bone as he flesh and bones as he has, reminding them, of course, that he's not a spirit. He is he's actually there in physical form in a body. Mm. So even in Jesus's earthly ministry too, we see how Jesus not only cares for his physical body, but also cares for the bodies of the people he ministered to. Yeah. 
We see how he enters into people's pain and suffering in a real way and seeks to provide holistic restoration by addressing both their spiritual and physical needs. So again, I know Christine and Hope kind of touched on this Mm -hmm. as well. So we can think back to the feeding of the 5,000 and how he healed the physical ailments of many others, including the leper, Jairus's daughter, the woman with the bleeding disorder, and many, many more. So physical healing Mm. was a significant part of Jesus's earthly ministry. Um, And these physical needs and limitations were used to highlight people's spiritual needs that could only be fulfilled, of course, in him. So Jesus's hope was for these struggling people, again, to experience restoration involving the whole person, so that they were restored to engage and flourish in all, all realms of life. And we can especially think about this in regards to the healing of the leper. So a man who was the outcast of society and considered unclean was healed when Jesus touched him. Mm. I mean, yeah, think about how that impacted his life. So people like this man with leprosy who experienced such renewal of their bodies and livelihood would not only tell of Jesus and his miraculous healings, but would also witness to the whole person restoration that was only made possible through him. Reflecting on all of this really brings us a lot of hope. We, yes. You know, we yes. see how Jesus cares for the whole person, including the body, and that he can transform our brokenness, our suffering, and our pain, especially in this area of body image, and that he cares for us as whole people, not just our souls. Uh Uh Through this redemption lens, Jesus offers us hope in the waiting as we think about our bodies and God's intentions for how he's created us. So we may struggle on the side of eternity, but we won't struggle forever, as we talked about earlier, because we know that Jesus will return one day and we have hope that, and we know that things, he will make all things new. Mm -hmm. Man, that is such hope. Yes, it really does. When we think about what we see in redemption, and especially as we look forward to consummation, that's going to bring us even more hope, right? Um, So we know that in consummation, all things will be made new. All of God's creation will be redeemed, of course, when Christ returns. And we see in picture a picture of our future resurrection in Jesus himself. So 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that Christ has been raised from the dead and is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And scripture tells us, too, that we will be raised one day just as he has been raised. So on the day of Christ's return, believers who have passed away will be raised from the dead and will experience the resurrection of their bodies. And all believers, both deceased and living, will experience glorification of their bodies. Wow. That is incredible to think about. You know, and I want so badly to understand my own physical body in light of the gospel. But the reality is, like, that view is distorted. Like my view has been distorted in the past. And I just love for you to kind of lay out like what happens when our view is distorted and when we don't maintain a biblical view of our physical bodies. Yes, absolutely. I think it's such an important thing to talk about. And we could really talk about this question from a couple of different angles too. So what we see when this view becomes distorted is either a devaluing of the body or an obsession with the body, or even a perspective that falls somewhere in between the two. 
And we need to understand what scripture says about the body and and actually talk about it or else it leaves believers with nowhere else to turn but to themselves or to the world. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like the world is talking about this all the time. Right. Yes. And a lot of the emphasis is going to be on ourselves, right? So on ourselves to fix ourselves and that is not going to get us anywhere unless we turn back to what scripture says about who we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I love to talk about even just the concept of body image, um, especially, yeah. you know, as we look at this through the lens of a Christian worldview. So the concept of body image can vary widely, but in general, mm-hmm. it involves how someone understands his or her body. So it may involve how you see yourself, maybe in your own mind or how you perceive others see you. Um, and then often the feelings that accompany these views as well. So sometimes we can see the general concept of even the the term body image as a negative one, but that's not really the case. It's generally a neutral term, but we we can have a positive or healthy body image or a negative or unhealthy body image, however you want to term it. And of course, how we define the two depends on, like I was saying earlier, our worldview. And of course, since we're coming from this Christian Mm -hmm. worldview, we want to approach the topic of body image through that lens. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of factors that can influence our body image. Um, This this might include, could include viewing ourselves in light of what the world says about the body versus what scripture says, valuing how others see us um, more than how God sees us or a variety of other uh, types of views, and even other factors that can influence our body image that sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't think about might include things like chronic pain, chronic illness, disease, abuse, trauma. So sometimes it's the things that have happened to us and the way that sin has affected our bodies or the way we've been sinned against that can affect our body image as well. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I think there's so many people that struggle with body image as a result, too, of what they've heard because of the way in which they've watched their own mothers or women that they respect uh, in the way they relate to their bodies. Do you find that to be true? Oh, absolutely. And I think even two things we hear, and not only in popular culture, but in the church, too, can affect that as well. So I'm thinking of phrases like, your body is the least important thing about you, or even the concept of one day we'll be freed from our fallen bodies, or our bodies don't ultimately matter. It's our soul that matters. And so I've seen and heard various versions, of course, of these statements, and they just aren't helpful. So these, I, I believe these types of statements actually separate the concept of the person from the body, again, which is just, is just not helpful for our understanding of ourselves as whole people. Okay, I guarantee you people's minds are being blown right now. And I think just having you lay out some of those things that we've heard and pinpoint like this isn't accurate, this isn't in line with scripture is really helpful. So are there some other signs or some phrases that you have that might indicate that we're wrestling with a distorted view of our body or that we struggle with body image or even that we just maintain an inaccurate picture of of the body like you mentioned? Sure. And I I think this is such a good question because it can not only help us us self-assess, but it also can give us the eyes to see how to care for others right. that are struggling in this way as well. And I think it will really depend on the person because our struggles may be similar, but the signs might look different. Again, totally. it's back to the conversation on anxiety, depression, and it's very similar with body image as well. 
However, it always comes back to the heart and will involve some significant self-reflection. And so we need to be honest with ourselves and with one another when we think about how we actually view and understand ourselves. We need to continually assess how we think and feel about our bodies and what might be holding us back from embracing God's definition of who we are and who he's created us to be. Hmm. And I think in this, it's the perfect opportunity for us to rely on a trusted sister in Christ who can provide that listening ear that we need as we process through these thoughts. And oftentimes, this relationship, I believe, can provide us with the opportunity to be reminded of truth, um, as well as maybe areas in which we might need to confess and repent of our sin. Mm -hmm. Even thinking about some general signs of a distorted view, they might include Again, an obsession with the body, such as being fixated on our physical appearance or struggles in the areas of how we care for ourselves, such as our motivations for exercise or healthy eating. But it can also even look like apathy, despair, yeah. or, or even a feeling of disdain towards our bodies. Again, it really varies from person to person, which is why going to the Lord, I believe, as we assess mm. where we are in this area is so important. What might it look like for you to go to the Lord and say, okay, God, help me assess where I'm at in relation to how I'm viewing myself and give me eyes to see myself rightly? Like, what would that look like for you? That was exactly what I was going to say. You took the words out of my mouth. I mean, we want we want to ask the Lord to give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear where we may be struggling because we may be so far into this that we may not realize that it's a struggle. It's one of those things that we just might not be might not be aware of. Is it appropriate to say like like you have a worldview almost in relation the way you see yourself in light of the world. And like, I, I don't know if that's accurate, but like, you know, for example, if you grow up with a mother who sees her body wrongly, you can't remember a time where you didn't see your sure. body wrongly. Is that what you're talking about? Like you may not even have an awareness because yes. it's just the water that you've been swimming in for your whole entire existence. Absolutely. And again, I think going back to maybe these topics not being talked about as much or, believers not knowing how to think about them um, biblically mm -hmm. contributes to that. Again, if we're, if we're not talking about it, we don't know how to think about it, then we're left turning to ourselves, turning to our Bibles, trying to interpret scripture ourselves or turning to the world. Right. And it can be just very confusing, especially yes. if we have untrue, the untrue statements like we talked about earlier circulating within um, not only church, the church, but popular culture yes. as well. Yeah, I agree. Have you found that people even might misuse scripture to justify some of the behaviors that they are engaging in, in the way that they relate to their bodies? Yes. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, not in just regards to this topic, but we see scripture misused all the time. And so yeah. I think that's where, again, going back to what are some signs that might indicate that we're wrestling with a distorted view? That would be that would be a sign. If you have a if you have a friend or a disciple that you are seeing utilize some of these scriptures maybe in the wrong way, that might be an opportunity just to to sit down with them and to to listen and to maybe just try to help mm -hmm. gently guide them towards a correct view of these topics. So looking at the context and checking commentaries and things like that might be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. If we've struggled with these things in the past, and I've openly admitted that that's, this has definitely been a struggle for me. 
Is there a way that we can break free of these struggles on this side of eternity? This is a, I, all your questions are great. I feel like this is such a good question to think about. I, I'll often share with women that the Lord may grant us freedom from our struggles mm. in this area on this side of eternity with an emphasis on he may. Um, but sometimes we won't experience that freedom until we're on the other side. Mm, I think people are going to be really disappointed by that answer, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But But at the same time, it's also really freeing because my experience has been that I think I'm supposed to be free of it and I'm still wrestling with it. And then I feel shame because I'm still having these pervasive thoughts that, you know, and I'm like, oh, if I like really, you know, was walking rightly or if I had like a better understanding of scripture, then like I wouldn't have to process through these negative um, thoughts that I'm having about myself, you know? So what does it look like to wrestle well with these realities on this side of heaven if it is something that we still find ourselves struggling with? Sure. And I know it's not easy, but we rely on Jesus as we struggle well. Oh, yes. Rehearse the gospel to ourselves every day and remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. So we remember how he's redeemed our past suffering and struggles and we know he'll continue to do so, even if we continue to struggle in this area. And I specifically think about Paul, of course, who pleaded with the Lord to take away what he described as the thorn in his flesh, but the Lord chose not to remove it. And instead said, of course, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul, of course, would boast more gladly of his weakness because of this. And so I often talk with women about how the struggle or area of weakness, if we want to think about it that way, um, has the opportunity to continually draw us back to the Lord. Yes. The truth is that without it, we may not be reminded as often of our utter dependence on Him, as is the truth for you know all suffering, all struggles. And so, of course, He's glorified as we struggle well and point others to the hope we've found in Him, both in this area and in all of life. So I know it is it is hard. We so, as women, desire that freedom from this topic, but it's so such an important thing to think about. How can we struggle well on this side of heaven if this is something that we continue to um, deal with in our daily lives? Are you looking to boost your protein intake in the new year? Many of us are not getting enough protein, especially at breakfast. So PrepDish wants to help you out. For the month of January, PrepDish is offering bonus protein boost meal plans when you sign up. This free bonus shows you how to quickly prep four protein-rich dinners and one breakfast to help you reach your protein goals. Each menu will have you covered for the whole week. You guys, these meals are super mouthwatering and delicious. They have slow cooker carnitas bowls, stuffed pepper soup, and a Swiss chard mushroom and goat cheese frittata. Just imagine coming home to a ready-for-you protein-rich meal to refuel after a long day at work. This is a limited-time offer, so make sure to sign up before the end of January to get these free bonus meal plans. Head into your healthiest year yet, feeling confident that dinner is planned, prepped, and will sustain you for all the things you have going that day with PrepDish. Check it out and get a two-week free trial at PrepDish.com journey. Remember, for the month of January, anyone who signs up gets the Protein Boost Meal Plan bonus. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash journey for two weeks free plus bonus menus.
let's just admit, like, if we're not struggling now, there will be a day when we struggle again, even if it means that you wait until, you know, you're 31 like me and you're starting to get wrinkles on your face. All right. right, right. <laughs> but if you're struggling to view the body rightly, what is the appropriate response and how can we start to just seek help? Well, I saw, I feel like I sound like a broken record, but we want to, of course, respond by turning to Jesus. So oh, that's, I mean, yes. the answer in all of our struggles in life, especially in this area. And I think it's easy, as we've been talking about, for some women to dismiss these issues as being unimportant or to think that they don't matter to God, but they do. And he wants us to bring this and everything else to him. I think it's helpful if we begin by praying that the Lord would intervene in the midst of whatever you're enduring and would help reorient your thinking to who he says that you are and who he's created you to be. Amen. Again, ask for those eyes to see and those ears to hear as he does. Mm. Also, pray against the enemy and his schemes to rob you of the joy of knowing that you've been created in the image of God and that your identity is in Christ. Pray against being influenced by culturally informed views of the body that are mm. not founded on God's truths. Pray continually for a renewed mind and heart and ask for the Lord's help. Ask Him to heal and redeem because, again, we may experience that freedom on this side of eternity, but we may not. And so we want to be continually praying for these things, not just a one-time sort of deal where we're thinking that it's going to fix it if we're just praying that one time, but we need to be continually self-assessing and continually praying. And as we seek help, we also want to rely on the body of Christ to reach out to other believers and seek out biblical community. Mm -hmm. And this may involve, of course, like we talked about earlier, talking with another sister in Christ that can encourage you and pray for you and point you to truth, but it could also include talking to your pastor or seeking counseling to help you through these struggles as well. Yeah, that's really, really good. I think it's vulnerable, Alex, uh, in particular, to talk about these struggles with other women. I don't know exactly why that is. Why do you think this area might feel more tender than other areas uh, when we come and we say like, hey, we're, we're struggling just with obsessing about our body and we feel like really down about the way that we look. Yes, it is. I mean, it is such a sensitive topic and one that we don't hear a lot of people talking about within the church. And so I think because huh. of that, it makes it a, a much more difficult for us to step out right. in faith and vulnerability to share our struggles. Yeah. You may get like those empty platitudes, you know, like yeah. I, I feel like because like you said, because a lot of people don't have a biblical foundation for the body, sometimes you may get some malinformation and then it's just like you're sifting through malinformation and struggling with body image. And so sure. it can be really difficult to trust other people. What would your encouragement be I, in relation to us, like walking in humility and welcoming brothers and sisters to come alongside us in these struggles? Well, I think, again, going to people that you maybe have a trusted history with, that you have previously helped you, that you know are solid in their um, in their theology and understanding, and that can point you to Christ and have pointed you to Christ in the past can be helpful. And trying it out. I mean, if you go to someone and you feel like they can't um, maybe handle what you're talking about, um, then you can maybe think about somebody else that you can approach to, to talk about 
yeah. as well. And so again, I keep drawing back to Hope and Christine, but again, because there's such similarities with these types of topics, um, it's it's such a vulnerable place to be in that you want to go to someone that you can that you can trust. And if that doesn't work the first time, then you may want to think about um, going somewhere else. Or if it's if this issue is so pervasive for you that it really is a minute to minute day-to-day thing, it may be that seeking something like counseling or such professional help might be um, necessary. So I know it is so hard, but taking that initial first step out in vulnerability um, is necessary because we want to bring these things to light rather than keeping them in the dark because we know that sin and guilt and shame thrives in the darkness. Mm. And that's just what the enemy wants. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good word. So if we have somebody that we're mentoring and we suspect that they're struggling with body image, maybe they are continually referencing their appearance or negatively talking about themselves. Or even if we just see, I mean, a lot of times social media is such, uh, it illuminates like that someone's struggling just because of the way they're presenting online. Um, What's a gentle way that we can go about addressing the topic with her in love or on the flip side, if they come to us and they say, Hey, we're struggling with this. Like, what should we do? Where should we point them? Well, the the first place that we want to start is by listening. We want to listen and ask gentle, non-assuming questions just to understand more about where they're coming from. Yeah. We want to find out more about how they're feeling and what they might be thinking in this area. And as we ask questions, again, we don't want to make assumptions or you know, lean into advice giving, but we want to ask in order to listen. And of course, we want to also pray for them, as we talked about earlier, too, praying in those several different ways that we discussed. That's so good. That's such a neglected piece, you know, like we think and I immediately think action, but prayer is action. (laughs) Thank you for emphasizing that because that's something that I personally struggle with, even just praying before moving towards, you know, trying to look at scripture and exposit it, you know, rightly. I'm like, okay, I need to pray because I need the help of the spirit. If I really believe that God has the power to change, then why would I not intercede and look to him for help? Absolutely. And he may, I mean, the spirit may guide you to approach them in conversation or the spirit may say, no, just stay back and pray. I mean, you need to be sensitive to um, where you feel like the the spirit is leading as you're praying. Um, And so I, I think just take your concerns to the Lord, whatever it is that you're observing that you're concerned about um, and this person that you love and, and pray that he would intervene into whatever they're experiencing. Also pray that he would guide if you do end up talking with them, pray that he would guide your conversation um, and ask for wisdom as to how to point them to the truth in a sensitive and loving way. Again, because this is such a difficult topic. Yeah. So I think, again, if you're, I just want to hit hit on this again, but if you're sensing that someone might need additional help, you may want to point them towards someone in church leadership, such as your pastor, or connect them with a counselor who can help them at a deeper level. And this, you know, this often we think, oh, well, now they're taken care of by someone else. We don't need to walk alongside them. But I just want to encourage um, the listeners that this doesn't mean that you can't continue to walk alongside them. Um, but you do want to get them the help that they need um, if, the, if these issues are, are more concerning. 
Yeah, what does it look like just to patiently forbear with our sisters because this topic is something that is a day-to-day struggle for many people? I think a lot of times if you have a type A personality like me, you just want to move beyond it and it's hard to just sit in it with someone without being too prescriptive. So do you have any encouragement for like, yes, you point them in the direction of a pastor, an elder, a counselor? Like what would it look like to be a good friend uh, and to continue to check in without being too prescriptive in the way in which we do that with our sisters? I think it'll probably depend from person to person. I mean, we know our friends best, right? And so we know how they feel most loved and cared for. Um, And so I think it would help to just start again by listening and asking questions and being gentle and sensitive, trying to avoid advice giving trying to be gentle in how we point them to truth. Trying to avoid advice. I know. You're squelching my type A. (laughs) (laughs) But even ask them how they would feel most cared for in this area. This is so good. Because their body image concerns could be stemming from so many different areas. Like right. we talked about, we don't know how they might feel best cared for in this area. And we don't know all of their history. And so, um, I mean, we may, but we may not. And so I think that's also going to help orient how we, how we care for our friends, those we love well. Um, in this area. So uh, starting with asking them, they they may not know. And if they don't know, then just continue to love them well, listen, Mm -hmm. sit with them. Even the question means a lot. Even if you don't know the answer to it, it means a lot for somebody to say, how can I love you and serve you? Because it just shows you're kind of positioning yourself humbly and not like making assumptions about what their needs are. Absolutely. Well, how can we trust the saving power of Christ and point others that we're walking alongside towards the saving power of Christ as we navigate struggles with body image? Such a great question. Um, I mean, we know that those who are in Christ are a new creation and that the old has passed away and that the new has come. And we know that the effects of sin no longer have hold on our lives, but like we've been talking about, we will still struggle with sin in the day-to-day on this side of eternity. So putting our hope in Christ and again, rehearsing the gospel to ourselves every day can give us hope uh, Mm -hmm. as we struggle struggle well. We remember how we've seen the faithfulness of the Lord time and time again in our lives and how we will continue to do so. And we recall how Jesus identifies also with us in our suffering and how he redeems. Mm. And again... I know that the suffering and struggles regarding these issues can be overwhelming at times, but we remember that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Therefore, we glorify the Lord as we continually rely on Him and come to Him in the midst of our struggles. So seek out pastors, sisters in Christ, and others in the body of Christ that can point you to truth in these areas. And as we rely on the body of Christ, we need to pray for boldness to share our struggles and to discuss these topics. Again, bringing these topics to light instead of keeping them in the dark is a necessary step on the road. I think so many people are going to be encouraged to do that. Do you have any resources that you would point them to as they do that might be a help to them as they're wanting to grow in their understanding of the human body and just to grow in their theology of the human body, like you mentioned? So there's a really helpful article by Greg Allison called Toward a Theology of Human Embodiment that was published 
in the Southern Baptist Journal of Theology years ago that could be helpful in understanding this concept of human embodiment. So that would be the first one. Um, he's also coming out with a book. I don't remember exactly when that is, but mm-hmm. it's um, soon. So keep on the lookout for that as well. It's going to be on the topic of human embodiment as well. Very and cool. then another helpful resource um, is the book, Love Thy Body, answering oh. hard questions about life and sexuality by Nancy Piercy. Okay. So it's not a book on body image per se, but it's a book that can help believers understand the importance of the body especially in regards to important issues of our day. Mm. I find, like we've been talking about today, that the more we understand about the body from a biblical perspective, the better foundation we have for how to understand ourselves and our own bodies. That's really helpful. Do you have anything on your own website? Because I know I was doing a bit of dabbling and uh, it seems like you could have some helpful stuff over there. So yes, I'd love to have anyone that's interested visit my website. On the homepage, I'll be including a download called Mm -hmm. Body Image and Redemption. Thank you. That's so awesome. So hopefully that will be helpful for those that maybe want to see a summary of what we've talked about today um, or take a deeper dive into what the Bible says about our bodies. That is so excellent. Okay, I kind of cut you off. Did you hit all your resources or do you have any more? There's there's one more book that I think can be helpful. Uh, okay. There's a book by Paula Gooder called Body, Biblical Spirituality for the Whole Person. It's a helpful resource. This book does dive a little bit into body image, but Mm -hmm. also takes a wider perspective on how to understand the body from um, a biblical foundation, how it relates to our spirituality. So when we're thinking about these books, are they like very intense? Like, should we expect to like do a lot of uh, work as we go through them? Or is it kind of something that you can pick up and read? There can be some challenging aspects, especially Mm -hmm. with the second book, Love Thy Body. Okay. If you're wanting to start with something that's maybe a little bit more easy to read. Mm -hmm. More palatable. Yes, a little bit more palatable. The Body Book by Paula Gooder would be a great place to start. Or even if you're wanting to start with something shorter, um, that's where Greg Allison's article might be helpful too. Okay, great. 15 pages. So, um, so it just depends on where you're wanting to where you're wanting to start as you dive deeper into these areas. But Mm. most importantly, I encourage everyone listening to just dive into Scripture that discusses some of the things that we've talked about today. Um, I know you like to link to scripture references in the show notes, but then also people can go and look at that download on my website if that's helpful. Oh, yeah. Do you have any off the top of your head or will that be all in in that uh, resource, like any scriptures that you would encourage the listeners to go spend some time camping out in? The so the ones that we've talked about today that I've included as we've chatted would be really helpful, but mm-hmm. then also planning on including all of those and more in that download. Okay. Okay. Great, man. Well, I really wish I would have had this conversation to listen to as a 15 year old. That was when I started. I, th- I think probably struggling with body image. It was very pervasive. Um, I would say up until my first couple years of college, and so I just am so excited for listeners to get to have. Uh, resource that they can work through with their mentees and mentors as we are seeking to rightly understand ourselves in light of scripture. Thank you so much for this. This is definitely one of my simple joys getting to hear from you in this capacity today. But you know, at the Journey Women podcast, we love to hear so that we can get to know you a little bit better on a personal level. What are three of your simple joys? 
Sure. So definitely time with my family. I love being Aww. with my husband and daughter. And I love her name, by the way. It's Colette, right? Colette, yeah. That's yeah, so, so cute. Oh, thanks. Well, any chance we get to be together is really special to me. And so I never want to take that for granted. That's definitely one of one of my simple joys. And then I love being outdoors and being active. And then yes. it's especially joyful to me when I can involve my family in that as well, or we can do it together as a family. And then I also find a lot of joy in teaching my daughter. So thinking about things like I love cooking. And so it's a big joy for me to teach her about uh, cooking and kind of involve her in the kitchen. So just oh, that's really cool. Love my family. And yes, so I guess all of my joys kind of encompass my family. <laughs> One of the things that motivated me to really start to develop a positive body image is thinking about having girls one day. Yeah. And so it's really cool to think about you being in the kitchen, helping her just develop a healthy view of food and and all of those things. So it's just really encouraging to get to hear you talk about that. I know you're going to have a great impact on her journey with Jesus in that way. Um, and I'd love to hear who is it that's been the greatest influence on your own journey with Jesus? Oh, my husband, for sure. Um, I know that's maybe the typical answer, but I, the Lord's just worked so graciously in our relationship over the years. In our early dating relationship, we weren't actively walking with the Lord for part huh. of our college years, but the yeah. Lord brought us back. Wow. That's so time. encouraging, Alex. Yes. And I've just been so grateful for how I, I've seen redemption pictured in our relationship and for how I see him image Christ so beautifully in the everyday. So he makes me love Jesus more. And that's why he's my greatest influence. Ah, that's really cool. Everybody's going to be like, man, I wish I could have heard more of Alex's testimony. Aww. So I just want to <laughs> encourage you guys to go check out her Instagram and her website. You can learn more about her there. Alex, thanks for taking time to join us on the Journey Women podcast today. It has been a joy. Oh, thank you so much, Hunter, for having me. It's really been a joy for me as well. If you're like me, you have a lot to chew on from this conversation with Alex. If you need some help processing, head over to the show notes on journeywomenpodcast.com to read through the noteworthy quotes, access discussion questions, and check out the resources that Alex shared. Also, next week marks our 100th episode. Woohoo! We have a special celebratory episode coming your way. And on that note, I've got a personal favor to ask. If you're a longtime listener of the Journey Women podcast and you haven't done so already, would you consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes? It'll take you about three minutes, and it really does help get Journey Women into the hands of other women who might find the podcast a helpful resource on their own journey to glorify God. As always, you guys can connect with us throughout the week over at Journey Women Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. So you know this episode was edited by Chris Mann and the Pod Shaper team. Hey, it's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week. Yeah.